Hello and welcome to Scheitgeist. It's our Oscars special. My name is Joe and joining me from the glittering uh, Hollywood glitterati with his tuxedo and, uh, and bow tie on. Dave, who are you wearing today? Uh, I'm wearing uh, Corkery by D- Dave. <laughs> or should I say Pajamas by Marks and Spencers. <laughs> Uh, well, um, you're very welcome on the show anyway. Um, yeah, obviously t- today all anyone's talking about is the Oscars. It's uh, one of the more eventful ceremonies this year and certainly it's grabbed a lot of headlines. Did you did you watch it uh, live or were you, did you watch it afterwards, Dave? No, I watched I watched some of the highlights um, the day after. I don't know. It's like, well, well, we're in it. Uh, obviously, you and me are in the same time zone and that time zone is not uh, sensible. Uh, time zone to watch the Oscars live in but that didn't stop you Joe did it <laughs> I never let sense get in the way of uh, <laughs> watching the Oscars it is it was a bad move on my part really bad move um, so my, my time the Oscars started about half one in the morning and we're over around five o'clock so um, when all the excitement happened it was it was after five in the morning and I had to be up at seven for work so <laughs> uh, it, it, it was madness it was absolute madness did you think you, you were like hallucinating it at the time uh, well I don't think I was as shocked because I was just partly asleep <laughs> so, um, I was just kind of a bit drifting off and then it happened I was like oh that's strange <laughs> It's a pretty dull event, though, isn't it? It I've, really I, is. I've watched it in, in its entirety once before when I was living in Australia, and it was a sensible time to do it because it was the middle of the day there. Uh, and it was it's just long. It drags. It's like, as you say, it's four hours long. There's so many ad breaks. Um, oh, the ad breaks. Oh, American TV and events and ads. It is... Uh, it's from, from someone living in Europe... It's so anathema to us to to break every couple of minutes for ads. Like there were times where they presented one award in between ad breaks. Oh, there's no excuse for that. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Is it an award show or is it are you trying to sell cars? Well, (laughs) clearly it's both. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's talk about the big the big thing that uh, filled our news feeds this morning and yesterday. Um, If I saw one more person linking like why does everyone on facebook think that they are breaking the news um before anyone else they're just posting links with you're yeah. not on facebook i don't know why i'm why i'm no but, it, but, but twitter is just as bad and, and i'm certainly guilty of that too but um yeah I, I people just want to be part of the conversation and people want to share the the hashtags and get likes it's it's kind of it's insipid really it's it's not something that we should be doing but we feel compelled to do anyway but like, if you're going to comment on something, have something to say, not just like, oh my God, can't believe this happened, link to article that I've just seen 20 times because it's impossible to escape the fact that the Best Picture winner was announced incorrectly. We know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not adding anything to dis- to the discussion. But I, I often, uh, in order to remind myself, I often think, Dave, what do you think uh, the average... IQ is what do you think like say what's the average intelligence level in the world I think it's 100 it, isn't it well so imagine that person and half the world is stupider than that <laughs> okay <laughs> that, now I can't take credit for that that's an old George Carlin routine but um, like it is you know these are these are the people who are sharing all the stuff on, on Facebook it's and and it's, it's just it's it's weird and they're all friends of mine apparently 
<laughs> That's no coincidence, Dave. <laughs> King um, of the idiots. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, Joe. Is there is there even anything left to say on it? I mean, it happened. It was quite excruciating in a cur- I just wanted the Curb Your Enthusiasm music to come up over it <laughs> I know I know and yes obviously that was shared multiple times as well that was cut together and shared afterwards but yeah see that's yeah, good I, share, that's a that's a useful uh, thing to share I think I, I think there is there is one thing that maybe hasn't been discussed and so everyone's familiar with Warren Beatty and, and him kind of pausing and, and kind of checking and rechecking and looking in the envelope and what struck me last night rewatching it was Say you're in his shoes and you pick out the wrong envelope. Well, so it's the, the best actress envelope and it says Emma Stone La La Land. You have to make a choice and it's call a halt, stop the show and correct the error. Or you can gamble on the fact that it's going to be La La Land anyway. And it was a, it was a pretty closely run race between the two. So what, watching it again, in that situation, a lot of people would take that chance rather than be seen to be doing something foolish. Yeah, and except, he could have come good. It could have come good for him. He could have been okay. Except he didn't he didn't actually make a choice, did he? Cuz he just kind of looked to Faye Dunaway and gave it to her. <laughs> she just she didn't even hesitate. She I don't think she even really looked at it. She just like was stri- look yeah, la la la. Yeah, la la. la great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well that that that's a classic pass the book moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he he didn't have the courage to go ahead with it, but he wasn't going to stop it either. So, um, yeah, I, look, no one comes out smelling of roses out of this. It's an interesting point, though, um, because, yeah, it, 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 it's a very difficult situation to be in. And I probably myself wouldn't have tried to call a stop to it. I don't know what to do. It was a very, it was a very tough, tough choice. Well, uh, as an actor, well, uh, and director, I suppose, but as an actor, he's used to doing as he's told. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. as, if, in the absence of a director there to to call a halt and uh, call cut, he's just going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the beady way. Uh, that that wasn't the only mistake, though. There were quite a few. Did you see all the uh, in in memoriam uh, mistakes that were made? Uh, yeah, the one that caught my eye was um, that someone who was watching the Oscars, Jan Chapman, was um, surprised to see her photo on the uh, in memoriam section, which uh, that's unfortunate. I mean, it's supposed to be quite a solemn thing, but it just goes to show these things are rushed. They're not too carefully planned. Um, her name or her face appeared beside the name Janet Patterson, um, a costume designer. But uh, yeah, imagine like. Put, put yourself in your in her shoes. Imagine you show you you watch the Oscars <laughs> and your own face flashes in the in memoriam section. That is not good. I it's think I, ju- I think I'd just be happy to be featured at all in the Oscars. It's like, <laughs> I made it. <laughs> it's it's an honor just to be nominated. <laughs> exactly. She was nominated for death. And the nominees are. <laughs> um, and there yeah. were a few notable omissions. Uh, Gary Shandling. Um, who who died early this year, famous for the Larry Sanders show. Not, I guess, arguably not maybe as much of a movie star. He was in the Iron Man uh, movies, um, Captain America. But uh, he's probably more of a movie star than Prince. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, And probably is an oversight, I would think. Um, Robert Vaughn, though, is a big, big oversight. Yeah. 
Yeah, it happens every year. Like last year, they left out um, Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, who oh. presented and uh, the Oscars and was at the uh, the red carpet for years and years and years. Uh, like that was a major gaffe on their part. Yeah, you, who's in charge of those things? Like surely, like you and me, if we sat down for an hour on the internet, could just list out everyone who died in the last year who's famous, right? I, I would I would suggest that we don't do that. No, no come good on, Joe, can come of that. Let's, let's, well, how, how long have we got left? We've got an hour on this podcast. Let's. Do- how long have any of us got left, Dave? That's the question that this brings up. Well, we could all be nominated for the Inframorium <laughs> section next year. It could be you. And obviously, the, 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 the showreel had been prepared in advance, so um, uh, Bill Paxton necessarily had to be left out. But... Um, Jennifer Aniston mentioned him and actually got quite teary in the process. So, um, you know, they, they, they must have known each other. So, um, yeah, a sad moment. Very sad news that was. So moving away from the macabre and the morbid, um, what did you think of the, uh, the ceremony in general? Did you, uh, did you like Jimmy Kimmel? I thought the ceremony was very macabre and, and, and morbid. <laughs> um, yeah, J- J- Jimmy Kimmel, I thought, was, was really, really good. I mean, I, I like Jimmy Kimmel anyway. Um, I think he look he didn't do anything out of you know exceptional or out of the ordinary. He just kind of just stood up there and did his usual everyman shtick. But I think he does that he does that well. He delivered he delivered it well. Um the the stuff with you know his his Matt Damon stuff was was very enjoyable. I will say yeah. one criticism I would have is it just kind of felt like the Jimmy Kimmel show in that yeah. you know that's yeah. that Matt Damon gag has been you know he owns that and his show owns that and they've been running that for years and then one of the sections was just celebrities reading mean tweets that's just the jimmy kimmel show right uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of jimmy kimmel um like of the two jimmies i know look i'd rather be stuck in a lift with jimmy kimmel than jimmy fallon jimmy yeah. jimmy fallon would Agreed. wreck your head <laughs> <laughs> but um at least like he, he was fun at the golden globes more so than jimmy kimmel did you think kimmel was a bit uh, flat then um yeah yeah a small bit he had some really good material but i would credit the writers with that more than his delivery um it seemed like it was very very deadpan he's like a a really low energy um johnny carson or something like that that'd be the kind of closest thing i think although not as low energy as james franco uh, five, <laughs> five or so years ago <laughs> oh yeah well, well james franco like uh i'm sure that was chemically assisted low energy yeah There's something sure. was going on there and uh <laughs> anne hathaway looked to him to bail her out and he was just not happy <laughs> he was serious he was seriously mellow <laughs> he really was and i i think it was shortly after that that they stopped doing the the intros where they drop the celebrity into uh into the the nominees which you know, I, that was a good section. I always enjoyed that. Yeah, I missed that. And I then, uh, you, you actually informed me that this was gone before the show, which shows how much attention I've been paying to the Oscars for five years. Because when I was looking through the highlights, I was like, where's that thing? And I was looking for it in YouTube. And then I stumbled across Jimmy Fallon's one that he did for the Golden Globes, which was very much a La La Land pastiche. But, I th- you know, it was very well put together and it was a bit of fun. I think it was missing something like that. I think Justin Timberlake just coming out and performing wasn't, you know, it's nothing to click get youtube clicks the next morning is it yeah i I did think that opening was was pretty weak um he could have chosen any song and he chose bill withers uh, lovely day which doesn't suit his register so look uh, i have nothing against justin timberlake but to pick any song and to pick a song that doesn't suit you 
Why would you do that? Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what uh, what our friend John Boyle thinks about this. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, look, if you're listening, get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch on Twitter at ShiteGeistPod or you can email ShiteGeistPod at gmail.com. And when Joe says you, he means specifically you, John. That message was for you, John Boyle, to get in touch via Twitter. Actually, speaking of that, uh, listeners will remember the predictions we made on the uh, best song category, the uh, best original song. And uh, while John really made a big case for Moana, and I I would have agreed that it's the better song, um, La La Land won out in the end. There was no stopping that uh, that particular train. Although I guess on, on La La Land... Uh didn't win as many Oscars as people predicted, as I think you and I had predicted as well, which I was quite quite glad of, I think. I think the ones that did win were, for the most part, deserved. I was very glad to see Damien Chazelle win. I think yeah. he, I think he's a real talent. Um, I was watching clips from Whiplash the other night, and that is just an incredible movie. And I um, think Whiplash, Whiplash is ten times the movie that, that La La Land is. Uh, it's, 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 it's much more uh, condensed and uh, much more dramatic and character driven and there's more conflict uh, whereas that is a bit it's a bit safe it, it looks great and it won for cinematography and I can't really fault it in that regard um, but uh, yeah yeah Damien Chazelle he's he's definitely uh, you know the, he's the youngest uh, best director winner in history so um, he's obviously going to go on to even bigger and better budgets he's the same age as us Joe uh, speak for yourself. He's it's, older than me. Oh, you still have a whole year to to win a best director Oscar. You can still beat him. I could only equal the record. I couldn't beat it. <laughs> I think you have more of a chance of showing up in the in in memoriam section. <laughs> I think we both know that's true. I guess. What about the uh, the politics? There was a lot of uh, you know political talk uh, expectedly so yeah well it seemed like this was um it, it was america's left wing's response to the administration and to president trump two words that i still have trouble speaking together aloud um but anyway um so like the the big kind of uh, the big noteworthy um award in that respect was for uh, best foreign film and the the director of the salesman uh, Asghar Farhadi, Farhadi uh, had a statement um stating that uh, he uh, it was staying out of the country in solidarity with the seven nations that have been disrespected uh, by by the inhumane law that bans entry of immigrants to the US the gist of the statement was that um setting the US against other countries was a, a deceitful justification for aggression and war. Uh, and then um, a, a day later, uh, President Trump announced that he was pulling funding from other areas and putting them directly into the military and uh, pretty much outlining his plans to uh, wage war. So um, that was his response to the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought I thought that was a very powerful statement. I think I think you can't you can't get a more powerful statement than him protesting, you know, boycotting the ceremony, being at a protest in London, winning, and sending in a, an actual statement which full on addressed uh, President Trump's policies and issues to date. So, I mean, and you, you, Emma Stone or somebody standing up there and and saying you know, we need La La Land more than ever, like she said at the Golden Globes. It, You know, it's, it's it feels a little limp, limp compared to that. 
Well, I, I'm interested in, in why people would say that because like in times like this, people do turn to escapism. And I, I suppose the question is, um, were they more concerned with reality or with fantasy? Like there, it seemed to, the ceremony seemed to have it both ways. There were a lot of uh, social issues on display. And at the same time, they were celebrating a film which exists in a separate reality without so many problems. Yeah, it's, I think that's a really interesting point. And that's, I, f- I kind of feel that uh, reality won out in the end of the day. Um, I think if you if you look at Moonlight versus La La Land, um, you know particularly as as best picture winners, I haven't seen Moonlight yet to be honest, but it's it's a story about um minorities, right? It's or it's, it's, it's real, oh, it's you, real people. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here and I'll, I'll save you. Um, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's what's what's it about? Which one is that? <laughs> Who's he? <laughs> um. Yeah, so the the story centers around uh, a young African-American boy living in a, a, a deprived area in Miami. And it's the story of his life, kind of three stages in his life, childhood, um, his adolescence and adulthood. And it's the story of um, all the things that contribute to who he is um, and his identity. There's a there's a, an LGBT angle. Um, it addresses race and socioeconomics and um like with uh, Mahershala Ali, it is the first uh, Muslim actor to win uh, either Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor. He won for Best Supporting Actor for Moonlight. So um, it even that alone, uh, Moonlight winning Best Picture and Mahershala Ali winning Best Supporting Actor, that sends a clear statement. That's Hollywood nailing their colors to the mast and saying, we are immigrants. We're a nation of immigrants. We are an industry of immigrants. And we will not be silenced. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't put it better than that. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, I think it's important that, um, I think this was the most diverse Oscars in in many years. I think it was had the most, um, wins for black actors in history. Am I right? Um, uh, well, so it. This is all in contrast to last year's hashtag Oscars So White, yeah. where um, there were no um, pe- people of color. There were no, there were no uh, black actors represented or, or, or black movies largely represented in the major categories. Um, so if you examine that, uh, there were a lot, a lot more uh, movies nominated this year which highlighted particularly um, African-American stories. Uh, We had Fences uh, dealing with uh, post-war society from the black perspective, um, social commentary on the level of of Arthur Miller. I I thought it was a a, a great film. I know that yourself and Kathy watched it for your podcast and it it sparked a lot of debate. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Uh, And look, maybe it's not as contemporary as Moonlight, but I think a lot of those... You know, it's about working a working class family in a in a poor ethnic environment, and those are the kind of stories which I think are going to be more and more important over the next four years that that they are told. And yeah, personally, I mean, I was a little bit cold on La La Land as a whole. I think it's a good movie, and I liked it, but I think particularly Americans need to. I don't know if peddling escapism is the right move. I think it's important for mental health. Uh, and people's entertainment but i think more than ever we need to be watching movies like the 
um for instance the best documentary um winner white helmets um about which is about the front lines of the syrian um the syrian crisis and the people who are trying to help that and i think it's those are the heroes we need to be to be looking towards. I haven't seen that movie either, so I don't know why I'm, <laughs> why I'm holding that up. But it is on Netflix, uh, and it's on my it, list, yeah. Joe. It's on my list. Yeah, so you're doing all you can. You have put that movie on your list. <laughs> it's on my list. Joe, I'm just making a difference. I, I'm just being humble about this, all right? Yeah. Every, every, little, every little bit of your list counts. Well, look, on a serious note, I suppose... Uh, it, it does highlight the human element of uh, of the the Syrian um, conflict, and uh, like the idea that uh, refugees are something that will come and destroy your country. Uh, no, you you have that backwards. Their country was destroyed, um, yeah. they, and they need some place to go. That's that's what a refugee is. And um, if your administration has told you to hate these people, it's because they have an ulterior motive. And exactly, and and you and me are preaching to the choir a little bit here, and probably our listeners feel the same way. But um, I saw some very interesting t- statistics recently about the um, the amount of terrorist activities that were caused by immigrants in America in the last fifty years, and it was point zero zero six percent of oh, wow. immigrants. So they they literally statistically proved this is on CNN that you have a greater chance of being hit by lightning than being in a terrorist attack caused by an immigrant. Yeah, but the, the okay, that's the reality, that's the objective reality, but the fear of it is way higher and that's what people are responding to. Um yeah, like obviously this is the this is the first post truth Oscars. <laughs> um which is a strange phrase to say, but um yeah, like where did all this start? This was um this was the erosion of objective facts in journalism um, for ostensibly for reasons of balance. So you would have an expert on giving the facts and then under the guise of balance, you would have the opposite opinion, which, I mean, the opposite to, uh, to facts, well, that's nonsense, really. <laughs> um, you know, y- you can't really balance fact out with anything uh, sensible. It's just emotions and um, the polarization of news and people being able to get their news from sources that haven't checked and uh, people being able to completely ignore the mainstream media and pick and choose what they listen to and what they believe. It's a very dangerous precedent. Um, it, it, I mean, that's, that's leaving yourself open to propaganda. And, and obviously there's space for opinion pieces, but opinions should not be put forward as fact. And, and that, is, that is a basic tenet of, uh, of journalism that, is, that has been eroded over time. And, and we're in the mess we're in because of that. And it's really hard to know what to do about it. We're certainly not helping. <laughs> this is an opinion podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should be a facts podcast. Don't you think? Oh. Like we should just report the facts about our opinions of movies. <laughs> well, it's a fact that uh, you haven't seen Moonlight. <laughs> I suppose. Look, we'll stick to what we're we're good at, and we'll talk about movies. But uh, it, it's no uh, it's no surprise, really, that the Oscars uh, tried to champion minorities and, um, like, particularly even look at Hidden Figures. So, I didn't think Hidden Figures was a terribly great movie, but I thought it was a story that was worth telling. Um, so maybe not uh, 
maybe not as a biopic, but a documentary would certainly suit me more. Um, but look at what it's uh, what it's tackling. So it's it's racial segregation in Virginia in the 1950s and 60s, which is the same setting as uh, as, as Loving, incidentally. And uh, Hidden Figures at the same time was was promoting intellectualism and gender equality. So what about the nine Best Picture nominations, Dave? Uh, just in, in terms of, of trends, uh, I noticed that there were three adaptations, three true stories, and three original scripts of the of the nine, um, which uh, I think that's it's reasonably balanced. You'd, you'd expect a certain number of true stories for the Oscars, and, and adaptations are certainly nothing new, but at least it seems to be balanced across the three types. Yeah, I think I'd, uh, I think it was a little bit lacking in more populist movies, which is what I thought that the when they expanded to ten uh, movies, that that was kind of the goal of that to try and bring in a, a wider audience, um, because a lot of those movies will not have been seen by a vast majority of cinema goers, I would think. Uh, no, no. I, well, th- there's the other side of it as well, which is um, nominated for an Oscar shifts a lot of tickets. So um, by by nominating True. even one more, it, it it means more bums on seats, whether it stands a chance or not. Yeah, that's true. Um, look, I I don't know. I I haven't seen I haven't seen them all to be honest. Uh, the ones that's personally were my favorite from that list were Hell or High Water and Arrival, which are arguably the two more populist uh, movies. Yeah, but even even those like uh, Arrival isn't exactly a popcorn movie um and and hell or high water yeah that's it's 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 entertaining and i think it was certainly tightly written but um again it's it's not exactly an action movie either no and um, i think importantly that movie had a lot to say about modern america true yeah i mean that was a kind of a an allegory for the uh the economic crisis and uh and, and the kind of well the factors that have led to the the rise of the the far right. Um, yeah, we'll, they we'll were probably Trump voters. Those two. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, and uh, they can be heroes too. Why not? <laughs> not all Trump voters are evil. That's well, uh, that's the thing. You know, it's easy to discount people, but well, that's part of the problem, isn't it? That's it's, yeah. You said it already. It's polarization. You know, we're not listening to them, and they're not listening to us. We're not yeah, in well, America. Look, I don't know why I can't. No, listen that's that true. But I'm in, but, uh, I live in the UK, and the same thing is happening here. We've seen it here with Brexit. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a natural um, result of of people not really being in community with with each other. You know, like the, there's nothing that you really need to leave your house for anymore. <laughs> like, um, pe- people don't need to go out and meet other people, and consequently, people don't know their neighbours. They don't know the people around them, and even if they do, they're probably people like them. So it's a kind of a it's a self fulfilling prophecy what we need to we need is just a big shuffle everybody needs to be mixed up together <laughs> like ha- have someone different to you in your house eating your cereal and uh, yeah let's let's do that let, as an experiment well uh you should submit that as a, a new form of um global society because I, I think a swedish billionaire has just offered uh, five million to a person who can come up with a better form of governance than capitalism or communism or anything else that's been come up with today that's interesting. Uh, I'm not sure a communist would be attracted by the five million. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I think you could be in with a shot. Uh, it's wor- it's always worth a shot, you know. Give it a go. So uh, to to review the uh, the nominees, uh, just in case people weren't uh, weren't weren't uh, 
aware of them. Um, I think it's this is more or less in alphabetical order. We had uh, Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Um, and I know you saw Lion. I, I saw that as well, and uh, it was it was quite powerful stuff. Very emotional. Um, I cried. It, 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 a true story. Uh, I I almost welled up, which is about as far as I get. You're made of stone, Joe. <laughs> I sure am. I'm a stone lion. I absolutely wept through that whole movie. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. But, I, if I recall correctly, you went to the cinema with someone who managed not to cry throughout, who was Australian, <laughs> in fact. <laughs> that, is, that is correct. She was as stony-hearted as you. Shout out to Tessa. <laughs> hey, Tessa. Um, so uh, of those uh, had you any favourites or had you seen um, so we, we've established you liked Arrival and, and Hell or High Water and Lion any other ones that caught your eye La La Land maybe not so much yeah I liked La La Land um, but I don't know yeah it, it seemed to <laughs> it, it seemed to t- t- take on a hype all of its own um, it was certainly an enjoyable watch but um, as, as I think we explored in the last podcast it it wasn't a terrific musical do you know what I saw that impressed me more than I expected was uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Oh yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it. Uh, so th- that's a it's a, again it's a true story about a conscientious objector in uh, in World War Two in the Pacific um, Front. The idea that a pacifist can make such a positive impact in a war um, and save so much of his his colleagues it's it was a, it's it's an amazing story and really well executed. The the story or the film basically takes takes two sections there's um him trying to get into the army and trying to get his place and then there's um blood and viscera for about an hour of, uh, afterwards it's it it really is quite a contrast between um the kind of idyllic uh, americana at the start and then just shouting in meat for the rest of it <laughs> shouting in meat put that on the poster yeah it was very very good though i must say i Joe, really enjoyed have it. you seen all these movies uh, I've seen all the best picture nominations anyway. Yeah, um, wow, good job. So, uh, like, let's let's talk about the, uh, the the overall winner, Moonlight. Um, I didn't quite see what people were raving about. Um, I I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, there were actually, I don't think there was a bad film among those um, those nominees, except perhaps Hidden Figures, which I I thought it could have been told a little bit better. But um, so. Moonlight, it certainly had strong performances, but um, for me, I think what left it down maybe was the fact that the main character is virtually mute. Um, he hmm. says very little throughout. He's extremely introverted and, and shy and quiet, and m- mainly to do with the sexuality in, in, in that um, environment. But um, I thought the, the interplay between him and Mahershala Ali and Naomi Harris as his his mother, who's well was it was a destructive force in his life um it was a very it was a very interesting film and certainly thought provoking but um i think it's it's importance far outweighs the actual merits of the film for me um, it it was it was beautifully shot and uh, and well acted and executed but i think it's it's what it signifies more than the actual story itself so what was uh, what would be your pick joe from those nine I mean, I'm I'm glad Moonlight won. Certainly over La La Land because I, I I don't think I think that would have stuck in my craw for La La Land to win. Um, 
I, I did really enjoy Hell or High Water, but um, I, I'm I'm always a sucker for sci-fi. I would love for a sci-fi movie to win, and uh, Arrival was certainly the the best sci-fi movie of of the last year. Me too. I I I would have loved to have seen that win, and I think that had a beautiful message uh, about understanding and language and communication and it was very anti-aggression and war and i think that's the kind of thing we need to be showing president trump right now yeah yeah um certainly and it's it's a it's a female lead it was actually it was interesting um to see jeremy renner's character uh pretty much relegated to to the level of um, a, a lot of female supporting characters in years gone by. Yep. Uh, now, some films have, have progressed and, and there have been a lot of progressive moves, but um, it's still weird to see a guy do that role because he he doesn't contribute a whole lot to the film. And she was outstanding. I think she was much, much better than Emma Stone was in La La Land. I think she was absolutely snubbed. I think it wasn't a very big performance which is what the oscars tend to like and i thought it was beautiful it was subtle she did so much with just her face because there's not a lot she doesn't really talk a lot and the character herself is quite reserved um but amy adams is just a real incredible actress she she certainly is and and she's been around like she's been putting out really good performances for of 15 plus years now at this point like really really good stuff um nocturnal animals again that was the amy adams show this year as well um alongside jake gyllenhaal although they they share a very few scenes together um it's it's uh that's that's a really tense really unusual film um that i i, I didn't see it nominated for anything except best supporting actor that michael shannon got the nod for that um but definitely worth a watch anyone who's listening to um, nocturnal animals is is it's tense but it is very, very good. And she does comedy really well. I mean, even in the last episode with John, we were talking about Enchanted. Like, that's such a good performance. She's got range. Maybe this is more popular than I than I give it credit. But there's a, there's a movie called Drop Dead Gorgeous um, with Denise Richards and uh, Kirsten Dunst in it. And Amy Adams is in it. And she's she's brilliant. She's really funny in it. She's a minor character, but she like she's excellent. Or even... Uh, there was a movie called Junebug, and she's just so adorable in that. Um, she she really does have range. She can kick ass when she needs to, and she can just you know light up the screen. So um, yeah, I, I think Amy Adams would have been um, certainly she would have held her own with the other nominees. I think massively overlooked. Like, did, did Meryl really need another Oscar nomination? I know, I know. Um, yeah, it, it would have been criminal for her to win. Although the the clip they showed of Flor- Florence Foster Jenkins did look pretty amusing oh yeah look I, I haven't seen the movie but i'm sure and she's an incredible actress so i'm sure it was amazing but even meryl streep looked bored at the when, when they showed that clip <laughs> even she looked like why am i here <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah i guess she's uh she's kind of part of the furniture now for the oscars she's just she's she's always there um i, I think as well um with her comments we need to get off trump but with her comments at the golden globes um i think that was the the reason that she got a call out and she got her um her standing ovation early on in the show um i think that was a direct response to um to trump's response to her um actually watching it live uh, i did notice the um the the hashtags went a bit wild um someone was uh, hashtagging winner is djt 
Um, so amid all the Oscar tweets, there would be people declaring Donald Trump as the winner of the Oscars. So that's oh that's God. the kind of level we're we're dealing with. He was tweeting along with it as well, wasn't he? He was giving out about the graphics, saying they were terrible. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I didn't. I, I'm not. I'm not following him. <laughs> Any other? Um. Anything else you think was snubbed? I personally thought. Um. Uh. That the lobster. I would have been my pick for best original screenplay. Yes, it, it's certainly original. I, and I was thinking about it today, and I have never seen any movie like The Lobster. It's it's, it's singular, um, and it is it is a really good script. It's um, like heavily reliant on narration, but the turns of phrase are so strange and so funny. Um, so yeah, definitely, it is it is very very good. Um, although. Manchester by the Sea won in the end, and uh, that is a really good film as well. It's um, it's not exactly a feel good caper. Uh, it, it is a bit um, it is a bit serious. It's um, Casey Affleck uh, dealing with the death of his brother, and uh, he's thrust into a kind of a father role for his uh, for his um, nephew. And uh, there's a kind of a sadness and a, and a, a loss in Casey Affleck that isn't clear at the beginning and over time you find out why and it's 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 a really good film and i thought that um he certainly deserved the the best actor uh, award this year although um denzel washington didn't seem too happy about it oh did he not i didn't catch that um well uh you know he he stood up and applauded and then he, he was the last to stand up and he sat down pretty quickly and it was stony faced straight after that but um yeah am i stony faced um, <laughs> Uh, if there were an award for puns, you'd win it. <laughs> I just imagine Denzel just giving him the finger now. Uh, well, I look, uh, Denzel directed and starred in, in Fences, and it really seemed to be a labour of love for him. Um, and he he gave an incredible performance for that. So um, it's it kind of understandable that he might not be too pleased not to win. He's very, very good. Um, what about... Um I personally thought that Kubo and the Two Strings should have won Best Animated Feature. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I haven't seen Zootopia, but I have seen Kubo and the Two Strings, and I find it very difficult to imagine anything could beat that. Yeah. Oh, it's just an absolutely beautiful movie. Um, Zootopia was excellent as well. Like there, there were some amazing movies in that category, and I've heard that Moana is top-notch. Um, but Kubo is just a level above. I thought, well, and I really yeah. encourage anyone to see that. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I, I don't think I was prepared for uh, for Kubo when I saw it. I, I was maybe I mentioned it in an earlier podcast, but absolutely breathtaking film, and and uh, I would urge anyone to go and see it. Uh, it is it is top notch. It's sad that it's not getting as much press as it deserves. No, and it didn't make um, a lot of money, which is sad as well. Yeah, especially because so much love and care went into it. Yeah, there's a there's a section at the end of the movie in the credits which shows how they how they made some of the sets, and I'd encourage you just to go out and look at that on YouTube alone, and that will give you an appreciation for just the crazy level of work that goes into stop motion animation. Um, and to make it look so smooth and so just like just perfect, at times you wonder is it computer animated, but um, it's. I think they use a three D printer to print out different like thousands of variations on facial expressions and they slot them in so it is computer aided but it is still realistically photographed and i think that's that's what makes the difference like you you i don't think you can get 
a digital image to look the same way as a photographed image. I think we're close, but we're not quite there yet. So uh, watching it uh, on on the night, uh, I was astonished to have to say that um, Suicide Squad is now an Oscar winning picture. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's ridiculous. It has more Oscars than like Citizen Kane. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it it's it has more Oscars than Doctor Strange, which was also nominated. Yeah, so that's that's one in the eye for Marvel. <laughs> Take that. Um, I will say though, I I think this was a deserved. I, I mean, what were the other two nominations in this one? I don't remember. There was three, wasn't there? Uh, there would have been three. I I don't remember either. What, Sorry. Look, whatever it was, I, I think the the hair and makeup in that movie was pretty pretty spectacular if you think about it like if you look at actual the the level of detail that go went into each of those characters even killer croc alone all of that was achieved through makeup and he looked very very good like i mean if, if you remember the excitement before we realized that it was a pile of nonsense um <laughs> do you remember that like the, the when they were releasing uh stills of all the cast and just seeing them on all their gear like it's re- it, it, was, it was very very well put together there's a lot of love and attention went into that so i think they deserve their oscar those people yeah well uh, i didn't quite get sucked into the hype bandwagon um i i was i had a healthy skepticism about that film when i saw the trailer but um i mean credit to them where it's due they certainly had a very distinctive look and the makeup and hairstyling was about the only thing you could credit the film with yeah and they would have had to do that like every day on set for whatever yeah. four hours for nine characters or however stupid many amount of characters was in that movie but you're yeah, right it's yeah. just it's just a bad bad movie and doesn't deserve any praise or acknowledgement <laughs> Okay, Dave, I think we've said about all we can about the Oscars. Uh, all that hasn't already been said in the uh, the countless Facebook and Twitter messages. Sorry, everybody, for speaking so much about American politics. I don't know what got into me. Or- <laughs> <laughs> it's but, hard, uh, though, it just- isn't it? It's hard, Joe, because it's like it's on everyone's mind all the time, every day. And it's become a pervade- pervading like part of every aspect of life. D- do you know what can cure that? Movies, la, la, la. movies, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a a rip roaring musical will set you straight. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just go watch Suicide Squad again and admire the hair and makeup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, you can admire that. So it just remains for us to say that you can follow us on Twitter at shikeispod or email shikeispod at gmail dot com and. It would really help if you could uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, it, it actually it really it helps the podcast. And if you would if you would be inclined, I know it's difficult to do so, uh, especially since a lot of our subscribers are Android. But um, if you have a device that's hooked up to iTunes, if you would log in, find Chaikai's Pod in there and give us a good review, that that'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Dave, for your inputs and uh, and get on those movies. Get on that Netflix list. Thanks, Joe. I have yeah, I have so many movies to watch, and you have so much sleep to catch up on. You madman. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Um, I'm going to sleep for a week. This is great. <laughs> thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dave.